Cincinnati. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. Well, actually, that's about it, really. If you're new to this podcast, it's something lovingly made by members of Bengals UK, the UK fan group of the Cincinnati Bengals that talks about the Cincinnati Bengals. Like the finely honed athletes themselves, we're back in training camp and over the coming weeks, we'll be easing ourselves back into the swing of things with pre-season only two weeks away. Yes, that's right, two weeks away. Except, of course, we can't promise any Oklahoma drills. So you could call this the start of a new series, if you like. At the end of any series, you expect dramatic cliffhangers. Some characters to die off only to be replaced by new ones in the new series. Sadly, nothing much has changed here. We're back in the sewing room, which is bloody boiling, let me tell you. And once again, I'm joined by the world to my cup, the Harry to my cane, the Gareth to my Southgate, and the usual to my disappointment. It's Nathan Palmer, ladies and gentlemen. Well, here we go. Paul, how are you doing? I mean, it's been a while, isn't it? It's been two and a half months. It was weird for me to come over here tonight. It's you know, I almost forgot where you lived for a moment. Um, yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. It's I mean, obviously it's been, as you say, a couple of months, but I haven't even seen you since the last podcast. I know. You know, like I'm... any good relationship, we're back, we slip straight back into things, don't <laughs> this we? This is pure business. This relationship, pure business. There's like not no like, element of friendship at all. Not like you business. and Marvin Lewis, where no. it's all sorts well, going on. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I've been well. Uh, it's obviously been a fantastic summer here in the UK. Fantastic. Uh, uh, we've obviously had the World Cup, and I must must apologise to our Scottish, Welsh, and Irish fans there for that little introduction. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting couple of months. I've changed job, changed job. Paul has lost. Right <laughs> now, I'm not going to go into details. Please how. finish that sentence. No, 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 no. Listen, right, and we're not going to tell you how he's done it. You have to guess. Paul has lost eighteen pounds in Literally. weight. That is not money. <laughs> yeah. he, I got here tonight, and I thought it was Ryan Hewitt. <laughs> oh my god well there's a compliment the if i ever heard one the, i come back after about two and a half months the geezer's got into shape he looks unbelievable i've got to get myself bikini body ready for for my my jaunts oh, but you've literally. been jaunting all over the place so i've been seeing from your social media yeah, where have you been a few, we did a little trip round through central europe went a little to... trip it's every weekend you seem to yeah. be going away we went to budapest went to bratislava vienna and then Brno in the czech republic for anyone who knows that great say that job. again Brno, right. B-R-N-O, yeah, second biggest city in the Czech Republic, but that's a bit Fact of geography, fans. bit of a geography <laughs> podcast we're getting to there. <laughs> um, I went to Corfu and I went to Luxembourg. All right, they're boring me now. So, I know, it's um, boring. Isn't it? But you had a good time though. Fantastic time, yeah. It's nice in the summer and it just, I mean, I think it's always nice to go away in June before the kids go to school and you get all the riffraff in July and August, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> at least you're not a travel snob in any way, shape or form. Not, not at all, not at all. Um and obviously, we've had the World Cup. That was pretty fun, wasn't it? That madness, wasn't it? What do you think? I loved every minute. I'm not normally a flag waving kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of come on England sort of guy. Uh, but I got into it. I got really into yeah, it. They yeah, played, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously they you know, had a, an easier draw. And I all think that they kind got really lucky. To yeah, for sure. But you kind of need that in tournaments, right? It was like the Bengals, like having in their division, like the Jags we know <laughs> in the past, the Browns, yeah, and like the St. Louis Rams. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Like a three complete, like less than five win teams and just sweeping them, getting into the playoffs, then getting a really easy playoff draw against like, I don't know, like 
like the Chiefs, like a really bad Kansas City Chiefs, beating them, getting into like the, you know, the sort of, you know, the divisional round, everyone getting really excited and us yeah, losing. Yeah. You know. Well, it was good though. I mean, it wasn't complaining. And you know what? It's the one time, and it sounds like such a sort of like cliche, boring like thing to say, but it is the one time of the year that everyone gets on the same page and everyone has a beer together and has a good laugh. And it has been an awesome summer. It has. I it mean, really we're just has. not used to it over here, aren't we? But it's like LA, the weather forecast. You yeah. just look every week, it's like 28, sun. And yeah. Oh, I think it's the same up north, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's. <laughs> a, I've just been up north for the weekend. Okay. It's a couple of degrees. Um, you know, cooler. Snowing up there, I've heard. Yeah, apparently so. Or, you know, they don't have electricity, obviously. So, if, if you know, Jamie could tweet us and just confirm what the weather's <laughs> looking like up there, that'd be nice and helpful. Um, so we we do come to the Bengals, and as ever, as we always do, um, training camp has started to... What's today? Tuesday. So yesterday for the rookies, yep. all the lads, all the boys are back in town. And it's it's kind of... It's weird, the NFL season, isn't it? Because you get the draft and it's all kind of analysis. As yeah, you know, yeah. we, we were part of that, did our own thing during the draft. And then there's this period, a long period of inactivity, um, which is kind of infuriating at the time. But then you kind of drift off and do other things and have a nice summer. Um, obviously, the World Cup's been on. Yeah, Anybody yeah. who's into cricket, cricket's always there in the summer. Yeah. Holidays. And then it takes a bit of time to get back into it doesn't it well it was crazy for me because like you know like you said you've got all this stuff going on you're busy you're busy and i saw a tweet from someone yeah and they were like pre-seasons in three weeks and this was about a week or two ago yeah yeah we're two and weeks i was away, like man. no like, where has that come from and literally now we're sat here, here the hall of fame games next weekend yeah it's insane i mean that is crazy it's a, like, it's like, a competitive it's... football game next weekend yeah it's like you know when you go on a roller coaster, there's a really slow kind of <laughs> climb up to the top. And when you get near the top, the kind of like the winches stop and you just sort of teeter on that top bit, <laughs> right? And this is where we are now because you know once that it's just, car it's goes just on, down, yeah. that's it. You're on 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 the roller coaster. It, it kind of the build up to it just happens so quickly. And it's like a three month blast and you're done. Yeah, exactly. It's I think I don't Maybe four months this w- year. Well, Maybe four months. Well, we won't we won't talk about that just yet. Four months this year. You reckon? I don't reckon, but I well, who knows? <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about camp a little bit. We've got uh, another fantastic guest coming on in about ten minutes or so time. We have uh, the Cincinnati Inquirer's Paul Dana Jr., which we're That's all That's a excited. massive guest for us yeah. to start things off, isn't it? What a lovely guy. He's always been very supportive of us. Um, anybody who met him. When uh, during the London game two years ago, you can attest to that, and uh, he's great on Twitter. And the stuff that they provide is just ridiculous. Like yeah, good beyond the stripes, brilliant articles. Uh, so we're very excited to have him on. But let's talk about camp real quick, Nathan. Five keys to success, Paul. Talk to me. What I, I was thinking today, I was like, what do we need for the Bengals I think to turn obvi- a corner? Like, give me some keys that you're thinking about. I think... What needs to happen? Well, the obvious one is the offensive line needs to click into gear. Ding! Exactly. Um, what, hold on, what was that? It was like a like one of those game shows where you get All right, like correct. family fortunes. Okay, like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the offensive line has to has perform. To. It has to click. Now, it seems as though we've got the left-hand side of that line... Billy Price has been past fit. Obviously, yeah. there's no guarantee that he's going to be a good player, but you know all the signs are that he's been, you know, stepping up to the plate in in OTAs. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we've got so it'd be Price, Bowling, and Cordy Glenn on that left-hand side. That's pretty solid. Yeah, as long as Price matches up. I mean, we don't know what we're getting with him. He, look, I mean, from a PR standpoint. He looks great. He look, yeah. He's saying the right things. He's yeah. doing the right things. Yeah. He's on Twitter. Like Everyone's getting excited about him. His attitude is second to none. Yeah. And he seems like he's a real hard worker. So yeah, from what I've seen so far, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's just a case of, well, you know, it's still potluck as to who's going to be right guard. I'm going to put my chips down and say Westerman's going to win that starting job. But it could be Trey Hopkins. You've yeah. been hearing about Cedric Aboy. He's been improved... No end during OTAs. I see you hear that. Who knows though? Someone, didn't you? I almost think that the most exciting appointments in this off season hasn't come on the field. It's the coaches. That's a bit of PR, though, isn't it? I don't think so. I That's... well, we'll soon see, obviously. But you know, you look at what Pollack Frank brings Pollack. to it. Yeah. You know, you look at what. Why you know... did the Cowboys let him go though? I don't know. I don't know. That's don't the thing know. that worries me a bit. But still, he's he's still. You know, so turn I think, that line into, I think regardless into of how the league's best. Yeah, I mean, regardless of how, you know, the whole Pollock thing, I think we just needed a fresh face. Yeah, I think yeah, regardless yeah. of who it was, yeah. I think that's an exciting thing. And yeah. I'm really, really excited for training camp for this line because I think that is where you'll get the feedback as to what he's doing, yeah. how people are coming along. And the feedback's been very good so far. Yeah, which is what we need. But of course, it's a different kettle of fish in camp because they actually put pads on and they can bash each other around. So 100%. We'll see. Uh, so that line, I mean, you've got Jake Fisher's in the mix, I mean, Trey Hopkins... You know, will a boy move into inside to guard? Even? Yeah, that's a good you point. You know, those two positions are still up for grabs. And goodness me, we need to get that line sorted because it would make an enormous. We need another ten to fifteen percent. Oh well, fifteen to twenty percent from Dalton, mm. I would say. And that's only going to happen if the line performs. A protects him, and B, you know actually get some running game going. Well, that's what I mean. We need to get Mixon going. And I mean, I'm looking at that line, and if they take nine, ten players on that line, the guarantee to be on the roster, Billy Price. Yeah, yeah. Bowling. Yeah. Cordy Glenn. Yeah. And after that, I would say Hopkins and Fisher, but barely. I think Hopkins on experience makes it. I think Fisher on potential, and in fact, he's a second-round pick. He probably gets there as well. And then you've got, Fighting, and if I've missed anyone here, then apologies. I wouldn't say a boy he was guaranteed to make the team. No, not guaranteed. If he but... has a bad camp and preseason, I think they might either try and trade him, yeah, or just cut their losses. Who knows? You've got they Bob... certainly haven't picked up his op- fifth year option. Exactly. They, so, you know, you got Bobby Hart, who we got from the Giants. Yet to, we don't know what we've got yeah, there. Yeah. Westerman, like you said, who I think probably will make the team. You got Rod Taylor, the seventh round pick. No Reds. You don't think so? Practice no. squad? Yeah, well, if that. Yeah. Redmond. A guy, I don't know these uh, Redmond guys. did all right last year. Well, no, I know Redmond, but like Austin Fleer. Oh, who knows? Javorius Learman. Forget it. Justin Murray. Forget these guys. Kent Perkins. Yeah, he did all right, not, didn't he? He's not bad. And then TJ Johnson, who, again... I think he'll, he's quite versatile, isn't he? So yeah, he might be kept I'd be on. surprised if he didn't make Back it. Backup centre. But it's going to be an interesting battle, I think, there. I think that's yeah. probably the key place to watch. Yeah. Well, we've got to motor these through these because we've got Paul coming on in a moment. But, um, well, maybe we can pick this up and Paul can contribute to this as yeah, well. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, you know, I mentioned Dalton. I think you would argue that um, I like our running backs. I'm excited to see what Mark Walton brings. Yep. 
We're hearing so many good things about him. Do you think we can give him enough opportunities with Gio in the well, team? Well, I don't know. I think they'll ease him in. You know, yeah, the, yeah. Fact, the fact that Gio's there and Mixon. Pre-seasons where he wants absolutely, to do it. He will get a chance in pre-season. Yeah, of course. Quarterback, you know, you've got Dalton. But then, you know, are we really going to go with Mac Barkley, who apparently been throwing interceptions all over the shop? I honestly, I mean, I, I mean um, we'll get but on. then who else we got? You know, we've got... You know, Logan Woodside, who got arrested for a DUI in pre-season. I think that's where we're shockingly weak, to be honest. Um, Quinton Flowers, who I really want to see make the team, but I don't think they see him as a quarterback. He's a, you know, whatever, a receiver, a running back, whatever. Mm. One of those sort of gadget kind of guys. Uh, Another thing that I really think that we should be looking at is, you know, we have to get more out of John Ross. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because I think if John Ross starts firing, then we're a different team. Yeah, I completely agree. Do you know what I mean? It takes I so agree. to get a really dynamic, speedy guy that can stretch the field would take so much pressure off AJ. Yeah. And then of course you throw in the mix a healthy effort, mm. then you know, that that could be exciting. That could be fun to watch, you know. Well, your ones are very similar to mine. Mine was the offensive line has to play better. Yeah. And we've definitely gone through that. Yeah. I think this year, more than any year in the last three or four years, that we need rookies to contribute and second-year and third-year players to step up and show their worth. I think in the past we haven't needed that and we've been in a luxurious position of easing them in, but this year we actually need some real like hard contribution. I think Eifert has to stay healthy. Yeah. I, mean, I can't stress that enough. I think having him in the red zone, having him generally as a sort of blanket over the middle for Dalton is massive. I think... The fourth thing is Bill Lazor has to get it right. Yeah, I agree. If I he agree. gets it wrong, we do nothing. Yeah. If he's not the right man, which I don't think he is, I think we get it wrong. Complete. I mean, you can't. I mean, it's such a big gamble. Mm. If his schemes don't work, we've got enough talent. That is a, such a big thing for me. And I think that's such a big key. And the final one is luck. Every year you need a bit of 100%, 100%. luck. 100%. You need a bit of luck. If it's injuries, if it's the way the ball falls on the floor, which way does it bounce left yeah, or right, yeah. you need a bit of luck every year if you're going to win. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, we've all, I agree about Bill Lays. It's going to be really... I'm really interested to see what kind of scheme he draws up. I, I wouldn't imagine that it's going to be so much of a West Coast thing along the lines of Jay Gruden. Yeah. And then, you know, Hugh took it on a few steps. But I'm really, I, I do think he can get it right. I really do. He's got, you know, he's worked with Chip Kelly. He's worked with some amazing people. Joe Gibbs, he's worked with those guys. He's got great pedigree. Now, he, he showed it a bit in Miami. It was a bit of a kind of 50-50 in Miami. It was good for a bit, then bad for a bit. So, yeah, I'm now with a, you know, what, three quarters of a season and a full preseason under his belt. I'm really interested. But we, you haven't mentioned any defence. No, I, I'm quite comfortable with the defence. I really am. I think we've got some really good players in there. I'm really excited to see what Kyle Lawson can do this year. Yeah. Dunlap's always, you know, the linchpin there. What do you make of Dunlap, though, holding out? Well, it was maybe it was a, a storm in a teacup, but obviously he missed OTAs. There's some talk of him posturing. Uh, it is his contract year. I mean, yeah. there's talk of the Bengals going after Gino and re-signing him. We've heard that they're going to be trying to re-sign Darquez Denard and Tyler Croft, which I agree with. Now, does that leave enough money in the pot for Carlos? I really hope so. I mean, I think early in his career, there was a lot of questions when he got drafted because he fell to the second round and people were saying that he lacked his motor. And I don't think that at all. I think he's seriously got... When he's playing hard, he's playing hard. I still think he disappears in games a little bit. I think sometimes his stamina can let him down. Maybe. 
But well, like, he, he's not quite. I mean, he's a very good player. Don't he's get me not wrong. elite. I don't think he's elite. I think he's no, 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 no. Top he's, end. Yeah, yeah. He's not well, elite. he's Pro Bowl, isn't he? He's Pro Bowl caliber ah. player. I mean, he's been to the Pro Bowl. So, um, yeah, and he's he all got... he, he's a fantastic player. Great he, guy as well. Great guy with the fans. Great player. I just want him to do that little bit more in games. Yeah, you know? I, know, I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, but what we need on defence, we need the linebacking core to step up now. That's the thing. Burfick puts Burfick's us in out. a really bad position, doesn't he? Being away for those four games. 100%. And whether um, the likes of Preston Brown and Vinnie Ray and Nick Vigil. and Nick Vigil's the sort of guy that needs to step up. He's 100%. the sort of player that needs to like, you know, have a really good I think good he's camp. shown signs of well, it. I think he has as well, but he got injured last year, didn't he? And Jordan Evans as yeah, well. He's yeah. shown signs, but then he, you know, he made a few mistakes. There's a lot of potential, potential. We need to plug up the run against the run. Yeah. We need to improve in coverage in linebackers. Yeah. Like, I would say another 20% for us to be a really, really good defence. I'm okay with the secondary. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, I mean, obviously you've lost this like 20, like 18, 20 pounds. I mean, are you, yeah. are you thinking about like trying out in camp? Have the Bengals reached out to you I'm thinking, at all? I, you know, I'm thinking about that sort of quarterback of the defence role. Yeah, you know, I did want to put you on the, the spot in no, front I'm of the fine. audience, uh, you if know, you don't mind me asking. No, that's fine. Once I have my knee, double knee replacement surgery <laughs> and hip replacement, double uh, added two more hips, uh, maybe add another sort of foot in height, I think. <laughs> Uh, maybe bulk up a little bit. So apart so from all of those, I think I'll be fine well, for a, yeah. a middle linebacker position. Okay. Yeah. Cool, all right. But at least for those four games that Vontez is out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Okay. Exactly. Good, yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, it's bound to be better than Maluga, let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened to that geezer? Well, the last time I saw him, he got arrested. Last time I saw him, he was I think he was down in a kebab shop in uh, Clapham. Do you know what? Did you see that film? I'm going to fight. What's that? Have you seen that film with Maluga in it? He's in it for like a brief moment. I don't think he's I like, like where this is going. No. <laughs> what kind of film? It's like a, it's like a kids' film. Internet film. No, it's a kids' Nathan. film as well. Ironic. I'm sure it's a kids' film. Tweet us if you know the film Ray Maluga was in to put us out of Right, episode. okay. I didn't realise that. No. <laughs> uh, he's, he was always one of those guys that you wanted to succeed, but he obviously had his problems. So, um, yeah. anyway, I think it's about time to bring in our special guest, don't you, Nathan? Let's get him on. So yes, our special guest with this week is Cincinnati Bengals beat writer for the Cincinnati Inquirer, Paul Dana Jr., the man we read the most, the man we watch the most, the man we rate the most. Paul, are you there? I'm here. I'm happy to be uh, happy to be with you guys. I wish uh, I wish I was with you talking about uh, another trip over to London for this year because <laughs> that's about as much fun as I've had on a road trip, I think, uh, my entire time covering the league. So I'm sad to say that I'm not going to be coming to see you this year, but uh, maybe sometime in the near future. Well, we're obviously hoping the same because uh, it was kind of a surreal weekend for us, but just about one of the best weekends we've ever had, as you can imagine, just seeing all these Bengals people in one place at one time was just insane. What are your uh, memories of that trip? I mean, it was very much in and out for you and Jim and, and Paul Doty, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, I remember most that, uh, I guess it was that Friday night at the Admiralty and, <laughs> and, and just all the people that were down there. And, you know, it was just a fun, uh, a really, really fun time down there. And just uh, really kind of being amazed by all the Bengals fans. Did that, that take you by a, surprise? Made the, tri- made the trip and that B, you know, lived over there and, and meeting so many people that lived over there that were huge fans and that had listen to the podcast or read at Cincinnati.com or whatever. Uh, it was, it was kind of, 
an amazing thing to to see all that is that weird to you you obviously you know i've been to uh beyond the stripes and uh kind of seen all the media stuff that happens around the games and is it weird to you when you record your show in in the holy grail as it is now um that it gets a global audience is it is it a weird thing to try and process a little bit until you understand the global nature of the game. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I think you you have to be blind to see how global the NFL has become over the last ten plus years. And you know, you 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 go to the Super Bowl, and and when I'm covering that, I mean, there's people from every country in the world there yeah. uh, for different media outlets because there's there's demand, and and so. It, you know, when you start to understand that, um, it, it isn't it isn't weird. It's understandable. That's just part of the NFL. But it's still crazy. I mean, I'm doing this. I did a a, a podcast a cut last week with um, a couple of guys from Australia, wow. and it's like you know that's just um, that's part that's it's, it's all it is crazy how it's how all the way over there there's there's so much attention paid on it. But that's um. That's the game. That's yeah, what the, the game is. The it's game, it's become it? such a monster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess you know it's been weird for us because we've just been talking about this. This and the NFL year is very strange. There's intense activity around the draft, and then like so much analysis that you think your head is going to explode. And then it's mm. kind of like the big come down and there's nothing. It's like tumbleweeds for a couple of months. But of course, yeah. over here, we've been getting into the World Cup, which has been insane, as you can imagine. I know that you're an Everton fan, so you appreciate uh, how much uh, support and craziness has been going on here in the UK. Well, England, especially not so much Scotland or Ireland or Wales. But yeah. um, <laughs> But now we're sort of edging, you know, trying to get, we're sort of flipping our minds towards and turning our minds towards the NFL. Now, the Inquirer offices overlook Paul Brown Stadium. Um, is it is it kind of a, a back to school feeling as you kind of walk across the road there? You know, the rookers were back yesterday. You know, we're getting vets back today and tomorrow. Um, what's the feeling like? Is it kind of that kind of right new season? We're all up for it. Everyone's very optimistic. What, how, what's the feeling like in the city at the moment? Oh yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that's always um, there's always a back to school element to this, and I think I think I think there's optimism inside of Paul Brown Stadium. I think those that work here um, and in the front office, on down to the players and coaches, feel really good about what they've done now outside of it i think there's still a lot of critics and a lot of people who've already written them off yeah i mean if you pay attention to the national media and there's still a really bitter taste in a lot of fans mouths here in the city who are frustrated mm. um with the last two years and so you know there's there's a bit of that um you know whether it's apathy or you know you've got to show me that you're different this year yeah. element to that. I think that's the where, where fans in the city are with this team, but inside the building when just the football people, I think feel really good about um, what they did in the off season, the changes they made up front on the offensive line and, yeah. and what this team can be. Um, but it's like anything this time of year, um, it, you, you have a lot of possibilities and a lot of potential, but we'll see how much of it actually comes to fruition. Now, obviously, uh, 
camp is a whole different ball game for want of a better phrase no pun intended um to OTAs but tell us a, a little bit when you were there at OTAs who kind of stood out yeah. for you any of the rookies that kind of made you think okay I need to watch that guy during camp to see whether he can transfer his instincts into kind of pad football you know so give us a little insight in, who, as to who caught your eye yeah you know I think um you know I I, I think it's this is going to be an obvious one uh, but I think you've got to be excited about what William Jackson is about to be. Right. Um, you know, you saw it on the field last year. I mean, I, so it, to say it caught my eye, I mean, it, it was – You, I think you saw the next level of William Jackson. Really? Um, wow. in, in, in camp. I mean, I think where you can you can see – you can see the all-pro potential starting to show through a little bit. And yeah. I think that's um, that should be an exciting thing. Uh, you know, for this team, I, yeah, I, I think I think you've got to be excited about a guy like Sam Hubbard and what he can do to help your rotation um, on the defensive line as, as a pass rusher. Mm. Um, I, you know, I think that's something that you've got to you've got to keep an eye on. Um, you know, I, the, the, Billy Price is interesting in, in that and through the draft. You know, there was a lot of people who knocked the Bengals for that pick a little bit. Mm. You know, the internet scouts um, were out in with pitchforks because, <laughs> you know, well, he didn't hold correctly a couple times with his angles and his bend and all that stuff. He 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 was a, a quality center, but really, what sets him apart is something that this team kind of lacks. Yeah, and that is the character, leadership, gather the room together. Like type of pillar of the organization, very much what Andrew Whitworth was. Right. And if you're talking about the need to to create some continuity on your offensive line and get that thing back on track, and you have a room that kind of lacks leaders a little bit, um, you can really see how Billy Price can quickly turn into one of those types of guys. Sure. So that you know that was off the field a little bit, but it did catch my eye about how you can see how he could fit in in the long term for something that this team has cut maybe one of the things they missed most of when they lost Andrew Whitworth. Right, right. Um, Paul, Paul in the studio here has just stolen my first two questions. So I'm actually um, <laughs> having to go off the cuff a bit here. But um, at the moment, you're looking at the team. You've seen him in OTAs. You've obviously seen him last year. What do you think's the biggest issue on the team? Is there a problem that you think hasn't been addressed um, to a good standard? Do you think some, there's something there that the Bengals should be worried about that could cause them a problem going into this season? Until the offensive line proves that it's better, it's going to continue to be the concern. I mean, you're still talking about not knowing who your right guard or who your right tackle are going to be. You're you're still hoping that. All signs point to Cordy Glenn being healthy, but he's had some injury issues. So you're, you know, you're looking at potentially playing a guy like Jake Fisher, uh, who's had his struggles at times in this league, or possibly Cedric Abwehi over there, and and we certainly know the issues that that he has had in his early seasons, um, or a guy like Bobby Hart who was picked up off the scrap heap, thrown away by the New York Giants. There's a lot of unproven that's going to be happening on the right side of that line, and you're going to have a rookie at center, no matter how mature you think he is, 
you know, until they believe they've done good things to move that offensive line in the right direction. But mm. with a new scheme, a new offensive line coach, a whole new offense, um, they're going to have to go prove that they actually are better. If they do that, then I think you feel good about the direction. Mm. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I mean, one other thing we were talking about and we're going to go on and talk about is, you know, every season um, after training camp, there's always a couple of surprise veteran cuts around the league. Um, and some of the names, you know, we've been thinking about, we're looking at, you know, potentially a Michael Johnson, Vinnie Ray, maybe Andrew Billings, um, you know, people that you kind of think should make the roster, like maybe even like a Cedric Abwehi type character. Is there anyone that you think potentially could be in trouble if they don't have a good training camp? You know, if I, if I think Brandon LaFell should be in that mix. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, they, I, I think despite the fact that, you know, you probably think of him as the starter and he may end up being the starter when you have a room with, I think they believe Tyler Boyd is on the rise and think that he could even play as a number two receiver. Uh, you have John Ross, mm. you have uh, Josh Malone, who, you know, showed a glimpse there. And it, I mean, you, you've got a, a group of young players that are all right there, ready to be on the rise. And you have somebody who's soaking up four million dollars with no dead money, yeah. and was average and is in his thirties at the receiver position. Um, you know, I'm not saying that they they will cut him, but I do think that for a guy who's probably currently listed as a starter, it's it's certainly not out of the realm to think that he wouldn't even be on the team at all. What's the word on Auden Tate? Because obviously he was a seventh-round pick, and normally seventh-round pick either get cut or you know get jettisoned to the practice squad. But we've been hearing or reading, thanks to you guys, that actually he looks a bit of a threat down in the red zone. He is that. I mean, that there is no doubt um, about that. I mean, he has great hands. He's big. Um, he, he, and that's one of those guys, it's a body type that the team has not had. Right. Um, at that position, they, they really haven't. I mean, their biggest guy was who? Maybe, maybe Cody core. Yeah. Uh, or a, I mean, AJ is, is only pushing two Oh six or something. I mean, Auden takes up in the two twenties. Uh, he's six, five. He can really rise. I mean, he, he's got great hands. As a red zone threat, he is that. He's slow. I mean, mm. let's be honest. That's why he was taking the seventh round. Sure. Very slow. So, but he, so the catches he's going to make are going to be contested catches. But in the red zone, I mean, if you want, if that's a guy you want to bring in, the NFL is situational football. That's yeah. what the, that's what the league is. It's finding where your percentages can play. That could be a weapon who you could put out there mm. in that, in those situations and maybe make the window a little bigger for Andy Dalton. And uh, you've got to find something else for him to do or it's tough to keep him up on the 46. But if he is up, um, you know, you have a spot where he could certainly affect games down there. I think. Sure. I mean, I think he's my sneaky bet, to outside bet, dark horse bet to make the roster this year, actually. But there you go. Um. Paul, we like, I don't know if you know this, you may well do, you may not. We like to um, ask every single guest that we have on for the upcoming year, two things. The first thing that I'm going to ask you um, is what your favorite beer is. Because we like a good tipple in the UK. Paul and I like to sort of, you know, try a few different beers every week on the podcast. We've had some interesting answers. 
Kevin Huber told us about some sort of various craft lagers that he's been trying out in Cincinnati. And we've had Ken Anderson play it nice and safe with Coors Light. So we're wondering <laughs> what Paul Denner Jr.'s beer of choice is out in Cincinnati. Well, uh, you know, I, I've got... Uh, can I give you two or do, do I oh, have please, to make a please, give us more. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll give you two and they're, they're Cincinnati-based. So... Because uh, I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of of the city, and the city has a insane um, craft beer Absolutely. scene that's really kind of taken it over. Um, it, so one would be a beer called Dreamsicle uh, from Mattree, um, and, which is sort of like it's like an orange vanilla Kolsch. Um, it's very in the summer. <laughs> it's it's just perfect. Wow, um, that sounds amazing. And then, it actually is. And then, uh, you know, my core number one beer for year-round go-to is Coast to Coast by 50 West, which if you ever get to Cincinnati, is worth a trip down to their place to drink it directly from the, the goodness of the tap. It's uh, just a quality IPA. It's, I, think it's, I think it's one of the best IPAs you'll find anywhere. So that's, those will be my two that I'll give to you. They're both Cincinnati craft beers. Uh, but they're they're growing. You can find them uh, if you ever get over here. You'll have to what uh, share one. Well, I think I'm going to book my flights right now off based off that recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last question I've got for you, Paul, is um, more along the lines of the Bengals. We, we like to get all of our guests just to sort of put their neck on the line a bit and just give us what they think the Bengals' record is going to be um, in the 2018-19 season. Now. Everyone we've spoken to has been sort of strangely optimistic. Um, I want to know what you're thinking. Are you thinking we're going to have a good season? Yeah, you know, I think they have the ability to. Uh, the problem that you run into, and, and and because when we have to, when you, when you and anybody else wants to wants an answer to this question. You you had you start it with assume health comma I mean do we do we assume health because that's fair for any team in the league you can you need to assume health True. in order to properly project but what this team has built is a lot of their pillars are on people with unreliable aspects now whether that's due to health concerns I mean. If Tyler Eifert does or does not play is a big difference in the potential of what this offense can be. But to project Tyler Eifert to play 100%. 16 games would be yeah. would be kind of a crazy thing, right? But but if I'm assuming health, yeah, their offense is incredibly dynamic with him out there. Um, John and especially Ross, yeah, John Ross, of injuries. Um, you get into Vontez Perfect, who not only has four game suspension but a history of injuries. I mentioned Cordy Glenn earlier who's coming off one. Hey, there there's just there's a lot of there it's it'd be it'd be different if I was talking about obscure role players. These are core pillars yeah. to what they're going to be uh, are built on guys with injury history. So you're right. If they all if everybody stays healthy and plays to their ability, I I think they could challenge the Steelers. Mm. But to count on that is a hard that's a hard thing to see. There are a lot, um, lot of coming to fruition. Lot of variables there, aren't there? Really, let's face it. There are, and there, and there is every year. I mean, it's, it, they're not alone. I mean, you look across every team; they have players with injury history. But there's a lot of banking on players that have have histories of not being able to give you what you need out of them. Sure. Uh, so, so we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I think that I think that on their face, if 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 half the 
that half the things they wanted went right and half went wrong. They're probably, you know, an eight win team. Um, if, if, a, if a higher majority of them go right, I think they, like I said, I think they could win 10 games and, and challenge the Steelers in the North. Well, um, I, I think they have the ability to do that. I, th- I think everybody agrees with you. And as I say, it's all about whether everything comes together in key places and injuries. And I, But I guess every every team is dealing with this. Listen, Paul, um, we could talk to you all day. Uh, we just want to say thank you for all the stuff that you do, the content that you guys produce and the Inquirer really does reach a global audience and you know makes us feel part of not only Cincinnati, but, but certainly the Bengals. So thank you and... Goodness me, we're about to get on the roller coaster again. So good luck. Yeah, I, I will hope to uh, hope to inform you guys on how uh, how the ride is going, and hopefully doesn't <laughs> go off the tracks again. All right, mate. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. I know you've got to shoot off, so thanks so much for the time, Paul. You've been unreal. Thank you. No problem. Have a good one. Well, there we go. That was Paul Dana Jr. And uh, I meant what I said. What a fantastic uh, service he and the. It must be weird when you're in an office. In Cincinnati, when you've got all the kind of Cincinnati politics and dynamics going on there, to think that two idiots in North London (laughs) are watching his stuff. And uh, he's right about Cincinnati. You know, I must recommend if, if, if you ever go, there's an insane craft beer, almost revolution going on there. It's it's fantastic. There's probably two idiots listening to our podcast in like some proper random part of the world. Well, I mean, there's there's uh you know, ja- Jamie, I can name one, and uh, <laughs> Duncan Yeadon as well. Duncan Yeadon yeah. and uh, Matt Catterall for sure. That's what I mean. So that's that. I don't think it's weird at all. I mean, th- <laughs> there was a guy in New Mexico listening to us, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, who's not necessarily an idiot. No, I'm not. <laughs> but like, it's really cool to hear. Like, you know, that's what it is now. The internet, you know, Paul. It is 2018, buddy. God, it's it's a crazy business, isn't it? Paul Denner Jr. Go on. One of my favourite guests, actually. Really? Yeah, I thought it was really, really interesting yeah. and charismatic, like really right, fun. Right. Got a, Mar- uh, Marvin's got to be careful, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, yeah. Paul's great. I love yeah, him. Yeah, no, he's him. very, very good. And we do thank him for all the stuff that he does. Um, uh, it's amazing, really. Um, and he's right, of course. If everything goes to plan, if, if the offensive line clicks, if John Ross gets into his stride, almost literally, yeah. if Dalton can improve, the defence can shore up their problems, if William Jackson becomes your... There's a lot of variables, though. I mean, we could be in a 10-11 win team, but as Paul said, we could be an 8-win team or less. I just want to sort of um, just sort of segue, as Paul likes to say, to an off-topic scenario. that God, We're actually we going to be selling T-shirts that say, we could talk to you all day, but Paul Hyron's underneath. <laughs> is that my catchphrase? Have I <laughs> said that before? literally to every single guest. We could talk to you all day, but... Well, it's true, though, isn't it? Well, you could talk to him all day. I could. Could you? All right, fair enough. Totally. As long as you're sincere, Paul, I'm just checking. I am. I'm, I don't <laughs> lie about these things. If you want to buy those shirts, they're in extra small and small based on Paul's current size. <laughs> and they're going to be selling for 30... Actually, I was thinking Mankini, to be honest with you. <laughs> they're going to be selling for thirty nine ninety nine, hundred percent 100% organic cotton. Out the back of Nathan's car <laughs> in North London. Um, as ever... Um, Obviously, we're going to talk a lot more about the Bengals as we ease back into things. There's going to be some camp battles to talk about. There'll be news coming out of the camp about who's doing well, who isn't. All being well, we've got another fantastic guest on next week. Um, Who knows what the frequency is going to be like coming into the preseason, but we'll try our best to do 
a semi-regular kind of yeah. podcast. And then, obviously, as I said, keep using the word, but the roller coaster begins, and then we take the big dip on September the 14th. Um, we also got a bit of news. Uh, if you haven't seen us on Twitter or seen it on Facebook, we do have a little park meetup uh, this Sunday, the 29th of July, in Highbury Fields, North London, Um it's going to be basically a picnic in the park, a Bengals UK picnic in the park. There's going to be a couple of cheap barbecues, so do bring your own food and booze. Look out for the orange and black in the middle of uh, Highbury Islington. Uh, sorry, Highbury Fields. How big is Highbury Fields? Just pretty, pretty large, but we're going to be. Where are we going I'm to sure be? we're going to find a place where it's quite near or easily seen. Basically, okay. basically. Not many people on Sunday in 29 degree heat are going to be dressed in orange and black, let's face it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I might bring the big Bengals site, Bengals UK thing up. So, um, yeah, well, I'll put a few people off, though. Well, good. It'll just be me and you then <laughs> eating eating veg- vegetarian sausages. We've got an American football. Yes. Which is going to be great. We've got a lot of beer. We will have. We will have a lot of beer. And it's going to be a really good... I mean, it's going to be hot. It's a guarantee. Yeah. So, like, I hope you can all come out. It'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Get yeah, anybody together. in the southeast, you know, it's very informal. Bring family, bring kids. Yeah. It's supposed to be a family occasion, not just, like, a drink-up in a pub somewhere, no. as we normally do. But this isn't meant to be an afternoon in the park. Um, there'll be a barbecue, so bring your sausages and burgers and all the rest of it, and bring your salads and... Well, salads, Your probably. prawns and asparagus. Exactly. Your, uh, your tofu. <laughs> yeah, your... <laughs> Uh, your tofu and all that. Tofu? Stuff. Yeah. Do you know no what one says tofu. 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 Yeah. Look at the geezer. No one anyway. lost 18 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, as ever, you guys don't let us down. We've got some questions. Uh, Martin Greer this at Martin Greer 73. Am I stupid for having £100 at 10 to 1 for us to, us to win the North or will I get a run for my money who day? Thanks, Martin. That- Nathan, you're the betting expert here. I, when I saw this earlier, I was doing a bit of research. I was like, surely they're not 10 to 1 to win the FC North. And I question if they are. If they are, Martin, you've got a great bet on there. 100 quid's a lot of money to bet. But I, I like, I'm all, that's a great bet. I, I mean, I'm going to follow sweet with that. That is a great bet. 10 to 1's insane. Well, even if you put a tenner on, you get a grand bet. Oh, sorry, I'm um, no. Ten, you get hundred. Yeah, ten. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's going to put hundred. He's going to put hundred on, isn't he? Come so, on, Paul, what's your maths doing, eh? I don't know. I think it's a great bet. Ten to yeah. one. That's ridiculous, frankly. As I mean, well. the Browns will be bad, but Josh Gordon's gone off the rails already, isn't he? Yeah, I do feel sorry for him actually. Yeah, I do. I At will. least he's come out and anyway. Um, <laughs> who cares about Josh Gordon? Um, Wee Man Syndrome at Ur Cameron. Um, I'm saying that as if he's Scottish. I, I hope he is. If he's Anyway, anyway, um, two questions. One, of all the veteran players on the roster bubble, who do you think would hold the most trade value? That's a good question. Um, I wouldn't say LaFell. I mean, before I said to Paul Denny, or we were talking about any surprise cuts, I think any of the wide receivers, to be honest, apart from John Ross and Green. Yeah. I honestly think as well, like... I'm not saying this will happen in a million years. John Ross would be an interesting trade bait. If you wanted to get a player in... It would be. He's got a lot of potential, and another team might be like, actually, you know, we'd have a punt on that, and we get a player that we need. But the problem is, we've got no depth at wide receiver. No, if no. we had depth at receiver, he would be a great trade piece. If we weren't sure he was the guy that we drafted, yeah. Apart from that, oh, it's difficult. Um, I don't I, know. I'm going to say Vontae's perfect. Yeah, he's not on the roster bubble though. He's no, not he's not. Bubble. That's true. Um, I don't. Think, I just think really, you know anybody like Michael Johnson. 
any trade Brendan LeFell, you know, um, Josh Shaw, for instance, Nick yeah. Vigil. You're not going to get that much for him. You're going to get a sixth. Fifth or sixth, yeah. Absolutely. It's a good uh, question, though. A very good question. Uh, number two, But, yeah, you know, Bengals aren't aren't ones to wheel and deal, are they? Let's face it, anyway. so More so in recent years. A little bit. Agree. A little yeah, bit more. Agree, agree. Number two from Wee Man Syndrome, similar to the recent and all too familiar Pac-Man story, if you could have a chance meeting and subsequent <laughs> scuffle with any player, who would it be? Well, um, that's such a good question. I'm a pacifist, so I don't. Re- I don't know. Um, oh, I'm kind of glad Pac Man's gone, though. Really, I mean, he had a good run in Cincinnati. He was a good player, but Look he was just more diplomatic. Well, true. You've got to have a row with a geezer sometimes. No, like, I'm, not, I'm not a rowing sort of guy. you got to have a row. Mine is the easiest thing ever. And I, and I didn't even need some time to think about this. I've only right. just seen this question. And I think the whole of the <laughs> Bengals on. UK will be like, oh, he's right, to be fair. Yeah. Right? And I, I, if I win or not, I'll, as long as I landed one shot in the geezer's nut, yeah. Joey Porter. Joey Porter. Are we talking Bengals players, though? Is he saying... No, no. He's, no, he's meeting not. any subsequent... Like, he's, any old ex-players? Oh, Any no. player? He's I'd have, a, I'd have a tussle player. in my pants with Mike Mitchell. How about that? All right, you take Mitchell, I'll take Porter. And and one Porter. between the two of us. Imagine they're listening to this and they come after Who us. Who cares? We'd have them outside. <laughs> Can you imagine? They'd actually do they're probably actually really nice guys, but anyway, they're probably not. What am I saying? This is where at the end, Paul's going to do one of these disclaimers. Like, Any of the stuff on this podcast, like, it's got to be like, <laughs> no, don't, don't mean what we're saying. <laughs> I don't talk like that. When, no, Paul, um, when Porter came on the field that time, and he was, oh, whenever he played for the Steelers. Absolute disgrace. But I'm sure every Steelers fan would want perfect. Oh, 100%. Do you know what I mean? Oh, come on, let's just go over and have a big powwow, shall we? <laughs> Let's let's bring the Steelers down one by one. Uh, anyway, um, what a qu- that's my f- favourite question of this season so far. Duncan Yedden at Slam Dunk the Funk. Is this the season Nathan gets on the mixing train? In an, in one word. Well, no, I know it takes a bit more than that. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I I I hope Mixon does well this year. Okay. I hope he does, but I think he needs to earn it. That's the key. Well, again, key. it all comes down to the offensive line. That's as the much key. As, well, apparently, yeah. the geezer's lost a lot of weight. Have you seen that? I've been talking to you. Him. And we've, him been, we've been comparing <laughs> diet notes. Um, Jamie, uh, Jamie, I'm not even going to attempt his, uh, his uh, Twitter handle because I always get it wrong. When you go to Greg's, what do you order? I like the three cheese pizza. <laughs> what a question. Me and Paul drove back from Manchester together the last time I saw him. We yeah. stopped in an awful service station and got Greg's. And <laughs> literally the two of us, I had a tuna baguette and I was like, it'd be interesting to see this because I haven't had Greg's in ages. Yeah. It was dreadful, mate. Wouldn't it? You had it as well. It's awful. Uh, I just always go for the Too cheese and the pasty. There's onions and gherkins in it. I don't mind a bit of gherkin actually, but when no, you have like almost like a whole onion, a solid whole onion unchopped. Oh, it's just Pret literally was like a <laughs> nine out of ten for their Oh, stop going about Greg's Pret. about a three. It's shocking. Oh, that's going to be. No, I'm. I'm always going for the cheese onion pasty. Always. But you didn't go for it then. I didn't. Well, I say always. Apart from that moment, obviously, yeah, and I regretted yeah, it instantly. Yeah. Uh, Michael Smith, new father. Michael Smith. Congratulations, son. Massive Absolutely. congratulations to you. Hope family. to see you this weekend, Mike. Uh, at Bengal underscore Mike. If you became the team owner, what would be the first three things that you do? 
I try to engage more with the fans. I think the Bengals, I mean, they're getting better at it, but I think they sometimes sort of shy away from the fans a bit. I think the city's a bit disengaged. I think in the past, both of us have asked questions to our guests that have come on about, look, you know, like, how what's the mood in the city like? Because I think both of us know it's yeah, quite negative. Yeah. I think in the UK, we're a bit optimistic because we're not too close to the team and we're not... You know, we don't have to be fans by default. We're fans because we want to be fans. And I think that's yeah. the first thing I would do is engage a bit more with the fans and try and get them on board. Because if you've got a raucous home crowd and, you know, things are on the up, I think it makes such a difference to the players' mentality. Yeah, and I think that whole, I mean, you know, you can talk about the ring of honour and all that kind of stuff. All the teams have one apart from the Bengals. Um I actually, is that, you know, when you walk around Paul Brown Stadium, there is, you know, in the concourses, you know, around the, concourses. The, around the stadium, there are like enormous flags of Boomer and Eddie yeah, Brown and yeah, James yeah. Brooks and Kyle Pickens and Chad and yeah. Carson. So, you know, the, the old players are remembered. Um, I would just like to see more kind of win now contracts. Every other team in the NFL, it seems, really plays the game and, and kind yeah, of more aggressive. mucks around with contracts. And it's kind of like, how has that team managed to sign that player? Yeah, I agree, I agree. You know, um, Mike Brown is a very conservative man um, by nature. Um, and, you know, he's, what, in his 80s now, so he's not going to change. Um, yeah, I just think I just think there needs to be a bit more aggression, a bit more sort of thinking out of the box uh, but you know what I mean? It's difficult because, you know, the guys in the PR department in the Bengals do a really good job and they've always been really good to us. But in the city, there is, you know, there is a bit of a negative feeling about them. So yeah. how you can do that, you know, in the opener, I'd love to be there at this, the opener against Baltimore on the 14th. You know, they're going to pay tribute to that AFC Championship winning team of 1988. You know, you know, people like Boom is going to be yeah, there. Yeah, so that's a nice Munoz touch. Really. That's a nice touch. Incredible. So, um, I don't Fi- know. Final thing I'd do as owner is Bengals UK obviously done a great job at covering the yeah. Bengals last year or two. Um, two media passes for me and Paul to yeah. fly out to the yeah. Baltimore game. You know, maybe do a few pictures, not meet the, the team. Not, here's a question, for right? business class flights there and back. Obviously, that would go down a treat for us, wouldn't it, Paul? I mean, probably, wow, yeah, I, mean, if, I mean, it was not a lot to ask, you know. I would extend that to the entire season. If you Here's a question. If you... If you had the money, would you buy a season ticket and go out every other two weeks to Cincinnati just for the weekend, if you could? Is it like a private jet job? No, it'd just be like a regular probably, flight. Probably not every game. You know. It's too far and yeah. you'd be knackered. Well, you know. I'd, I'd Imagine definitely if they were like four and 12 or something. You'd be yeah, a bit of well, You'd just be drinking with Paul to craft beers, wouldn't <laughs> you? <laughs> you, you would know, do that. That, 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 that beer he was on about, it sounded unreal. I know, it sounded like dessert in a glass, didn't it? it was, I've wrote it down, down. extreme sickle. Yeah. Um, unreal. Anyway, Jake, at Jaker9591. Solid, solid handle. Indeed. Uh, would you rather fight a Geno Atkins-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized Gino Atkins. <laughs> you fight the Gino Atkins-sized duck. Of course, yeah, you, you probably agree. beat that. Yeah, it, what I, does it do? It you'd have a strategy. You. If you got the, if you got the neck in like a Russian, you know those um those those triangle chokeholds the UFCs right. do. You just pin his neck down. And you choke the duck out. Okay. Um, <laughs> what would you do you with a hundred? Gino, is it the same? A Gino Atkins-sized duck <laughs> or a hundred duck-sized... So a duck the size of Gino Atkins. Yeah, but then the second one is a hundred duck-sized Gino Atkins. So yeah. the same thing. So basically a duck is about that big and I'm doing like quite a small size, but a hundred of them, like, that look oh, like Oh, I guess. 
It's a difficult one, isn't it? I'd still it? rather fight the Gino Atkins-sized duck. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think you just go for the, the legs. The hundred would overwhelm you. You just get like a massive elastic band, put it around its beak, and then start like punching it, and headbutting it in the in the knees. In the yeah, I don't know if ducks have genitals or not, but you just like bring them down. The hundred because they'd be like hard as anything ducks, wouldn't they? If they were Gino Atkins style ducks, I mean, if they said a, if, if if Jake said a swan, now you'd be in trouble because yeah, swans but, are aggressive. But, but like, but like, if they're Gino Atkins as ducks, they'd be like proper meaty ducks, and they'd, they'd proper go for you. And there's a yeah, hundred of them. There's no still, way you could kill them all. No, no, exactly. Because exactly, how would you kill them? Like punch them? You'd be knackered by the time you throw them. They'd just swarm all over you. And just you'd take the big you one. You'd probably lose, but you'd take the big one. Yeah, I'd, I'd take my chances with the big one. Yeah, I would. Right, final one. And, oh, it's Dastardly Duncan. Duncan Price. Dastardly Duncan. At Dastardly Duncan. How about a nice, easy one? Excluding our first round pick because he'll walk into the team. Which rookie makes the most impact this year? Um, Walton potentially. I think he's probably the most so, obvious. Unless I, there's an injury, I think he's he's going to be a really good backup, and then they're going to ease him in. Bates, but again the same. I don't think he's going to be a starter. I think it, you know you who can knows, try and say Alden Tate here for you. No, 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 not at all. I mean, you, you hear a lot of really good things about Darius Phillips, yeah, the cornerback yeah, during yeah, yeah, OTAs. Yeah. It's um, a lot of depth there as well, though, isn't there? I think Josh Shaw might be in trouble. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I don't know. It's a really difficult one, but I'm because I think Sam Hubbard will be introduced into the rotation. I yeah. don't think he'll be have a big role. I think he'll show flashes. But so who do, who who walk into the team? It's difficult because I mean Billy Ooh. Price will start, but that's about it. Yeah, I don't think like unless uh, the only thing that would ever sort of you know really like make this a different situation is obviously an injury. Do you know what I mean? That's the key yeah. thing that would change things. But yeah. I I don't know. I'm going to go with Walton. I for some okay. reason I think he could potentially. Um, I'm going to go role. for Bates because I just think they were so keen on getting a. You know, they made it quite transparent that they wanted mm. to get a safety. Yeah. And they weren't happy with you know Iloka and Sean Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Williams might actually be pushed into kind of like a a nickel linebacker. Yeah, uh, yeah. role because he's big enough. You know what I mean for like a real good coverage guy in the yeah, linebacking yeah. core. So, I'm going to go with Bates. I'm going to go with Bates. Okay, so um, that's about it for for this episode, episode 15, Nathan. We've got, as I say, we've got our picnic in the park, the Bengals UK picnic in the park. um, On the 29th, Sunday the 29th from 2pm onwards in Highbury Fields in uh, North London. So do come along if you're in London or the South East or wherever, if you fancy it. as I say, bring food, bring your own booze. Uh, we're going to chuck a football around if it's not too hot. Uh, bring sun cream. And, uh, yeah, it should be fun, right? Yeah, it sounds good. I'm, I'm really hoping you guys turn up. It'll be a lot of fun. Okay, we're going to end the episode with, you know, as you uh, regular listeners will know, we'd like a bit of a sing-song. Well, I do. And Nathan <laughs> I, hates I it. I hate them. <laughs> uh, but we are going to have a bit of a sing-song. And it goes back to the World Cup, really. And also fusing the uh, the optimism and the excitement about the new <laughs> season. So we're going to leave you leave you with this little ditty. The American fans can be so confused about this. I don't care. <laughs> and it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation. <laughs>